Warning, this episode has to do with censorship. So there might be things that are said that you might not like. And this is a horror, cult, retro, sci-fi movie podcast. So yeah, um, I think this pertains to that. But at the same time, maybe you just want to have funsies. So skip to the next one or go back and listen to something in the archive if it if this bothers you at all. Remember, these are just my opinions and some other people a lot smarter than a lot of people listening. Not you, though. You listening. You're brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's my little warning there. And uh, if you're offended, sorry, don't cancel me again, bro. This is Peter, and you're listening to the Night Party Podcast. I hope you enjoy it, because I don't. That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Knife Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. Today, we're not going to be talking about movies, but does it pertain to movies? Oh, hell yeah! Remember to join the Patreon. Join the party. It's only a dollar. Knife Party Pod. Oh, sorry. My bad. Patreon.com slash knife party pod what i was going to say is if you have any comments about this episode or any others but especially this one write in your complaints your comments your critiques your criticisms or maybe you just agree with me at knife party pod at yahoo.com because i keep it old school uh this podcast is brought to you by nothing because I don't know if anyone wants to attach their name to this. Uh, is this controversial? Yeah. Probably not to you, though, because you listen to me. And that means you have your head on screwed at least a little straight. You know? Um, we're going to be talking about censorship in movies. Um, and, and other things. Uh, recently, about uh, six weeks ago... I was just on, I, fo I follow this really cool Frank Zappa Instagram account, and not only does it show his live gigs, but sometimes it shows his interviews, which, he's a fucking genius. I don't think in our, li at least my lifetime, including Elon Musk, that's been smarter than Frank Zappa. The guy is a genius, musical genius, but also political uh, genius. Uh, he's very purple. He never went one way or the other. But the guy had a good, good bullshit detector. Uh, probably one of the best that I've ever seen. He was, he predicted the future. And I'm not talking like 5, 10. I'm talking like 20, 30 years in the future. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second. But um, if you're like me and you're a fan of 
cinema, which clearly <laughs> you listen to the show, I would recommend that you go on eBay and you start buying up those DVDs, those VHSs, if you're fortunate enough to have a Laserdisc or a VHS player that works, that is, um, and Blu-rays now. I was on Amazon the other day, and there was a few movies I had queued up, and now they're gone because Disney now owns them. Jonathan and I did Adventures in Babysitting on the Patreon. Unfortunately, I was so intoxicated that because uh, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, I had to put that behind a Patreon wall. I just did. Uh, that's a problem. And that's a problem I have to abide by. And on top of that, uh, when I did rewatch Adventures in Babysitting, it had probably a good five minutes removed. The whole streetwalker scene removed. Um, there's also a couple of just comments that Daryl makes that are removed. Also, too, I own this movie on Amazon and all of a sudden, gone, right? I paid for that movie. It's gone. This is not just the only one. This is just one example. But I implore you, if you want to enjoy movies in the future, buy a physical copy of it. Because they're either going to get edited or they're going to disappear. Yeah, I thought it was just like maybe a one and done on some, but, you know, I've been hearing rumors about this. In fact, there's a lawsuit that, and I think she lost. It was, it was a lady. Um, she had, all of her movies were digital. And then she goes to watch one. She's like, wait, where is it? And so on the early days of Amazon Prime and video, you used to be able to almost rent, and I mean, probably, what, 90 percent 95 percent of the movies you know with the with the exclusion of like pornography and like you know other really really underground films but if it was made by a uh, major studio you were almost able to download rent or buy anything usually from three to 5.99 and then to own would be like nine to like you know 17.99 or whatever you know but you had because everyone trusts Amazon so much, you had the idea that if you bought this, you could play it on any device as long as you were logged in. This is no longer the case. And it's shrinking daily, movie by movie. I know for a fact there's at least a dozen movies that I no longer own on Amazon, and I'm no longer ever, ever buying from Amazon. The last one I, I I will rent, but I will not buy. So if you are a filmmaker and you're listening to me, first off, fucking thank you. Second off, email me. Um, I'll give you my freaking phone number. Uh, but I, I will never, ever buy from Amazon again uh, when it comes to digital downloads or streaming. I also have a lot of problems with a lot of streaming services. It, you know, think about this. Say you have a playlist queued up and you're like, oh man, I got like seven great movies. Guess what? They're going to be sold to another company by the time you get to them. Because let's be honest, life gets in the way. I do this right now. This is my prime source of income. So I'm watching movies at least four, maybe five a week. Probably more like four. That sounds about right. Just because I take like very, very, very huge notes. Not only that, um, I have some programs that are questionable 
on uh, two of my laptops and uh, they're not working anymore to say if you rent a movie and, you know, I kind of want to make a copy of it. Uh, they're they're getting very, very good at right protecting things. Now, I'm not talking about Pirate Bay or LimeWire or anything like not on the up and up. I'm just saying, you know, say if I watch a movie and I want to record me watching it, which kind of is on the fringe legal, can't do that anymore. So if there's a movie you like, for instance, I just watched The Faculty, never saw it. Uh, it's going to be one of our future reviews. I think it's like 10 episodes ahead because I've been I've been really grinding and, and just busting out episodes. And uh, I couldn't find it unless I had HBO, which is, you know, subsidiary of, of Amazon, but it's also a subsidiary of other companies. And I'm like, I don't want to sign up for a free trial. Can I just buy the freaking movie? No, you can't. So get on eBay. If you have a list of movies you want to see, that you grew up with or whatnot, buy them now. Because A, you might have to subscribe to a streaming service to watch them. And here's my thing. You might go, Zach, boo-hoo. Like, who cares? We all do that. Yeah, but what about if you just want to see two, three movies? Why are you paying the licensing fee for everything? You know, if there was just a 20th Century Fox streaming service where I get to watch everything from 20th Century Fox, in a second I'd sign up for that. You know, if I was to sign up, if Orion or Lionsgate had their own, I would sign up for that. But under an umbrella such as Netflix or Hulu or Peacock, well, Peacock has wrestling, you kind of have to have it, where they just trade licensing for movies like 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 trading cards. It's like they're playing Magic the Gathering with my favorite movies. You don't know who to sign up for. And think about the hassle it is to cancel one to get another. And I'm saying they trade a lot, more than you think. It's almost on a bi-monthly basis where they'll get a whole new cat. And I get it. Oh, I already seen this movie. Cool. And And they have originals. I get it. But at the same time, there's classic movies, like the best movies were made 20, 30, 30, 40 years ago. And you're not going to be have access. And if you do, guess what? Things were a little different than politically and socially. You know, I don't want to pop in Terminator, for instance, and they cut out the Arnold scene where he kills the first Sarah Connor because it's violence against women, which I obviously am totally against. But a film is a film. Here's how censorship works. First, they come for your behavior. Now, I totally understand violent behavior and unwanted sexual behavior. That's violence. And violence is unethical. It's like stealing or robbery or like, you know, obviously things like murder and rape and shit. But totally against that, right? But after that, then they start kind of two steps forward, one step back. Then they start coming for your language. And I'm not talking about cursing somebody out on the side of the road. But I'm talking about people recording you and hurting your ability to generate money to take care of your family. 
There are certain words you can't even say right now that are perfectly, by definition, not offensive, but yet they are. And then there's certain words that are made up now that are racial slurs or uh, sexist slurs. And you could say them because they're behind a certain agenda. Cyst comes to mind or boomer. Right? Right there. You have a sexist comment and you have an ageist comment. Totally okay to say. But let's say if you were to use a word that starts with R and it's a thesaurus would come up as regressed. You can't say that. Even though it's the opposite of accelerated. Can't say it. Let's say you're working on a car. There's a master cylinder and there's also another one. Can't say that word. I don't know how mechanics refer to the slave cylinder, but it's a real fucking nomenclature, right? Anyway, then they come for your language. Now that sucks too, but there's a way to play around these rules. But then, and it's already been going down, they come for your art. Now we've seen it with statues. We're seeing it with books. And I'm not talking give pornography to children. In schools, which I don't know if you've been paying attention, it's fucking everywhere. I'm not talking about taking out certain words in rap music. If I hear NWA, I want to hear NWA. If I want to hear my goth metal, I want I Like Goyles by Typo Negative not to be edited. It's only a matter of time before it's gone. This is unfair to the consumer and this is unfair to people that really enjoy art whether it be film whether it be music whether it be paintings and i'm not talking about piss christ or anything like that that's meant to be offensive but i mean how soon are we to say that the 16th chapel has to be edited right michelangelo's david how soon are we from there? Are we, go- are we going to get to that point? I guarantee we will. Maybe not in my lifetime, but probably. Think about, by the way, this is totally off the cuff. I wrote none of this down. Think about Sgt. Pepper. My second favorite album of all time. Well, maybe it's tied with October Us by Typo. Getting Better All the Time was using a commercial not too long ago. And they played a majority of the song, but I noticed they cut out a part. Now, the part is pretty disrespectful to women. It's pretty chauvinist. Um, but it does have a meaning to it. And it's where John Lennon says, I used to be cruel to my woman. I would beat her and keep her apart from the things that she loved. Man, I was mean, but I'm changing my scene and I'm doing the best that I can. This is about, now, we don't know if this is actually about John, but, you know, after finding out about him, he was kind of a fucking asshole. Doesn't mean he should have got shot, but he was kind of a fucking asshole. Uh, Yeah, he mentions spousal abuse and domestic violence. Of course I don't agree with that. But if you were to edit that out of that song, you would ruin it. It wouldn't be the artistic vision. Now, there's a couple of people that put birds in the air and say, "Uh uh-uh, not happening. And I really respect that. And I'll never do that. 
I've had to take things down, but normally it's for copyright licensing. Will I apologize for things I said? Of course, if I hurt your feelings. But I ain't going to change it and edit it. You know, I might take it down and put it behind a paywall. Like, hey, you know, this uh, made a little people upset. If you're into it, if you want everything unedited, cool. Just like what Opie and Anthony did with Sirius Radio. There's certain things you can do on terrestrial. There's certain things you don't have to do. But at the end of the day, you don't actually have to send me hate letters and try to ruin whatever future endeavors I do financially for the rest of my life. You could simply walk away. When I find somebody on Twitter, I don't appreciate what they say. I don't even block them. I just mute them. That way, if they're really mad, they're yelling at a wall. I can't even hear it unless someone retweets it. And then I'm pretty sure that I still can't see it unless I go show whatever. Um, And I've blocked a lot of freaking people or not blocked, but muted. Once in a while, you have some asshole saying, like, your opinions are idiots, and they always have a fucking rainbow flag behind their name. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll just, they'll say everything I say is wrong, and this and that and the other. But for the most part, they're just trying to get attention. And they're, uh, I, I guess, what people call virtue signaling. And, yeah, I mean, hey, man, if it makes you feel good, do it. It's not going to bother me. You just can't. I know my value and I know my opinion. And at the end of the day, I mean no harm. I'm just trying to put smiles on faces, ears on headphones and eyes on movies. So let's get into it, shall, shall we? Um, actually, it was inspired, like I said, by this uh, Frank Zappa interview. Um, and then I was trying to search up some, uh, you know, I was just bored. I was looking up some, some old monster vision and I came across this and this is fairly recent. So this is Joe Bob Riggs. If you don't know who Joe Bob Briggs is, he's probably the best back in the day. You know, you had Elvira, you had grandpa monster, you know, your monster vision here. We had creepy coffee movie time on KOFY, uh, which, by the way, that guy's an ass. I met him a few times. Um, but over, but on TNT, we had Joe Bob Briggs. And uh, I'm just going to play this interview. It's, it's not that long. I'm going to talk a little bit and play another interview. And like I said, this episode might not be for you. But I do want to warn you. If you want to listen to your favorite music, if you want to watch your favorite movies, buy them now. All right, here we go. Anyway, before we get started tonight, I wanted to talk about DVDs, Blu-rays. Some of you weird beard viewers of this show even still keep your old VHS cassettes. What is that about, people? I mean, I kind of understand people who love vinyl. There's a certain quality to the music that you get from that. There's no way to argue that the picture quality on a VHS tape is better than, well, better than just about any image in any other medium at any time in history. But anyway, my point is, I know a lot of you love physical media, and you even go out and buy the movies that we show on Shutter, even though you don't have to, they're available for streaming. And even though streaming has been very, very good to me, it scares me that physical media is disappearing. And I'll tell you why. Just recently, I did a 148 minute commentary track 
for the movie I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu, which is the 40 years later sequel to the notorious Rape Revenge movie from the 70s. One of the main reasons I was asked by director Mayor Zarki to do it was so that the upcoming Blu-ray release could beat back the haters because critics don't like Mayor Zarki. They didn't like him in 1979. They don't like him now. Distributors don't like Mayor Zarki. They wouldn't give him a deal in 1979, and they won't give him a deal now. A major studio backed out of an agreement last year citing, quote, the cultural environment. Um, feminists don't like Mayor Zarki. They called him a misogynist when I Spit on Your Grave first came out, and the film has been the subject of impassioned debate in women's studies classes and film departments ever since then. Fortunately... There was an exploitation marketer named Jerry Gross who took Mayer's original film, which was called Day of the Woman, retitled it, platformed it through a system of sub-distributors, and fought the various protesters in every city, including Chicago, where Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert stood out in front of theaters and told people not to go in. That was followed by a video release that allowed people all over the world to see the movie that was often banned in the very city where they watched the movie. So... One of the most liberating developments in the history of free expression was the invention of VHS. Well, today all those sub-distributors are gone. Today VHS is a hipster hobby at best. Piece of metal crap in your garage, probably. <laughs> the chances of I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu getting into a mainstream movie theater in 2020 are somewhere between zero and impossible. Fortunately, there's a device called the Blu-ray player that allows anybody in the world to order a physical copy online and watch it the next day. The Blu-ray player, in other words, is the Jerry Gross of our day. It's our defense against a world of judgmental overlords who would very happily make Mayor Zarki's film disappear. And pretty soon now, we won't have that protection anymore. Samsung announced that they will no longer manufacture 1080p or 4K Blu-ray players. These are state-of-the-art devices, the absolute best digital image quality ever achieved, but they showed up too late. As we know from the early days of video players, people don't care about image quality. If people cared about image quality, Technicolor and Eastman Kodak would still be in business because film images have been getting progressively worse since the late 1930s. People care about convenience and price. So we're not quite at the end of physical media because Sony and Panasonic will probably show record sales this year because their biggest competitors just left the field. But it's the first signal that pretty much everything is going to be moving to the cloud, right? The problem with the cloud is that someday the cloud is going to explode into a fine digital mist and trillions of cultural artifacts are going to be lost. I don't know how that's going to happen, whether it's going to be cyber terrorism or actual war or simple mismanagement, but a whole bunch of stuff is going to get burned up and everybody's going to be asking, oh, who do I sue? You know, of course, all your physical media could burn up. Your house could burn down, take all your tapes and DVDs with it. But State Farm would replace it, right? I mean, the problem with the cloud blowing up is it takes a billion other people with you. But that's not even the worst result of moving away from physical media. The worst result is that controversial movies and TV shows and music, especially under the radar media like I Spit on Your Grave, that stuff will simply not be there anymore. They will be censored into a digital void. And we won't even notice it's happening. Take it from a person who has dealt with censors his whole life. They're not anything like the stereotype. 
The stereotype of the censor is Anthony Comstock, head of the New York Society for the Suppression of Vice, upholding Victorian morality. The stereotype is Thomas Bowdler, the English doctor who took all the naughty parts out of Shakespeare. The stereotype is Tipper Gore, dedicating herself to saving the youth of America by getting rid of rap music. I've only encountered one opponent like this, the Reverend Donald Wildman of Tupelo, Mississippi, a family values advocate who devoted himself to ridding the world of pornography in all its forms, including high school sex comedies and horror films. Now, the Reverend, he was fun to debate with because his position was so pure. He really did think movies could turn ordinary people into rapists and killers. But these aren't real censors. These are crusaders. They eventually collapse under the weight of their own self-righteousness. The real censors are the people who say, let's just stay away from that topic. You know, they're the retiring types. They wear gray cardigans and sensible shoes. They're middle managers at Disney. They're creative executives at Fox. They're lawyers at CBS. Their solution to any controversy is cancel the show, pull the film out of distribution, cut off the licensing. You know, Amos and Andy, for example, that's one of the most influential radio and television series ever produced. It's the model for The Honeymooners, Sanford and Son, All in the Family, many other bro series. But it hadn't been widely seen since 1966 because CBS took it out of distribution and refused to license it. It's crime, racist stereotypes. If you hadn't seen the uh, slasher film Clown House, you probably never will unless you own the really hard to find DVD. It's crime, the director was a convicted child molester. Uh, don't watch the sign my dick scene from Victor Crowley on Amazon Prime because they took out the money shot. It's crime, showing a dick. <laughs> Notice that uh, these are all crimes of omission. They just make the film or the scene or the entire series unavailable. And these are the people who own the cloud. These are the people who run streaming. Once the DVD players are gone and once the Blu-ray players are gone, all we'll have left is faceless bureaucrats who are periodically cleansing their library of inconvenient titles. And they won't care about right or wrong, justice or injustice, questions like, has enough time passed to start running the Cosby show again? And the little companies like Something Weird Video, you know, knocking at the doors of the big streaming services, you know, no, sir, I, I don't think our company needs to be renting uh, Bigfoot Gets Laid at the current time. We're doing just fine with Transformers 12. So it'll be censorship of the minority by the majority. It'll be silent. It'll be legal. You won't even notice it until the day you find out that there's a movie called Cannibal Holocaust, but you can't watch it because all the rights have been purchased by an animal rights group so they can make sure it's never seen again. Uh, Vladimir Putin will love it. Xi Jinping will love it. All you have to do is find the corrupting media influence wherever it resides in the cloud, push one button, and voila, it's gone. So much better than when they had those pesky home video devices, right? In those days, we couldn't even be sure of what they were watching. Media is better when it keeps track of the watcher. Media is better when it doesn't just know what to feed you. It knows when to starve you. Now, if you think that this by any means isn't happening, if you think that by any means this is a conspiracy, you're dead fucking wrong. Like I said, I've had movies disappear and I've watched movies that were edited. I'm like, wait a minute, where's this scene? Wait a minute, where's that scene? I just rewatched Dune, okay? It was censored. 
I busted out my DVD, totally scratched up, had it for 20 years. Now, maybe not 20, maybe like, I think it's like 17 years old. And the scenes that I was missing were there. It was the heart plug scene with Harkonnen, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. When he put, it's gone. Why? It's to show his brutality. It's there for a reason. Now, I'm not into like Tom Sawyer and Huck and, and whatever. It's being censored, but I tell you what I am into. Poe, guess what? Try to find the golden bug. Try. If you see it in a library, I guarantee a lot of words are going to be censored. And yeah, that's just by one minority group, which by the way, isn't a minority group anymore. Um, it's a majority group, <laughs> especially where I grew up. <clears throat> but there's going to be agenda to all these. And the agenda is going to come on to the consumer. Hey, you like something? We're just going to take one little second off, one little second off, one, and then eventually your 90-minute movie is going to be 87 minutes, and you're not even going to notice it. You're not until you re-see it over, and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about the scene. Or you've seen the movie so many times, you're like, uh, where's the scene? And if you're talking to your friends, you're not even going to miss it. Music, the same way. Uh, music is going to be edited that's the reason why Frank Zappa bought his or had his own recording company because he goes, I refuse to play this game, this musical chairs of, of censorship where something gets removed every time we go around Robin, right? And it's not going to stop. It, as long as they know, as long as our great overlords of, of media, which let's be honest, it's not just movies and music. It's the news. It's social media. You know, we've all know about the term quiet canceling, you know, but what about actual canceling? I just re-listened to, now, I don't agree with anything he did, but I just re-listened to uh, two of Louis C.K.'s albums, and it's fucking phenomenal, and it brought me joy. And no one was in that room. No one knew it happened. It's her word versus his. And somewhere in the middle is the truth. Now, I'm not advocating anything that even allegedly he did. And I'm not saying that he didn't do anything wrong. Am I allowed to listen to his comedy? Raw Delirious. Let's talk about that. Two of the greatest comedy albums of all time. Does it hold up and funny? Yeah. Eddie Murphy's a fucking genius. That is what really got me into comedy. That red and purple suit going on stage saying stuff. Is it homophobic? No. Homophobic means you are scared. Phobia means fear. Is it bullying on people that are homosexual? Prop yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. And you go, Zach, well, why do you support? I don't support that. But if you don't think it's funny, turn the channel. Here's the thing. Comedy comes from beating other people up, especially in their, if they're in the same room. I bring up Opie and Anthony. I bring up Patrice O'Neill. I bring up Louis C.K. All those comics were in the same radio station 
on in the same panel and they would look a tough crowd with Colin Quinn. They would rip each other apart. If you got offended, guess what? That means you don't have a sense of humor. If you can't be self-deprecating, chances are you're on your high horse and you don't think anything's funny unless it's funny to you. And that's not how art works. By a long shot, art works this way. You produce something and you put your heart and soul into it. And it's not going to connect with everybody. It's not even going to connect with 1% of the population. It's going to connect with maybe 1% out of, or sorry, a 0.1%, maybe 0.01%. There's 7 billion people, maybe even eight by the time this is released. I don't have 7,000 listeners at all. I have 800. That 800 really like what I do, or at least gave me a chance. Am I for everybody? No. Do I think I should be for everybody? No, I'm honest. I have a style of flavor, a, a comedic timing for certain people. I have opinions for certain people. Some people think Twilight's a great movie. I go, fuck you, Lost Boys is a great movie. Twilight can go suck a thousand bags of cocks. And then they'll go, oh, you said bags of cocks. That means you're into chopping off dicks. Or that's homophobic. No, it's just a saying. I would actually like to see Team Edward and T. Jacob suck a thousand bag of cocks rather than watch this movie. That's exactly what I'm saying. Would I actually want to see that? No. I'm just, I'm just saying something. It's supposed to be funny. It's coming from the realm of funny. It is not supposed to be literal. By the way, everyone says literally, da da da. Literally actually means it's written fucking down. I'm saying figuratively, they could go suck a thousand bags of cocks. Figuratively, meaning I really don't give a shit about it. If someone, my wife enjoys Twilight. Good for her. She also likes Buffy. Okay, those are two of the worst vampire things in my opinion ever. Do I give her shit about it? Yeah, once in a while. Oh, you're watching your teenage vampire show? But think, think about this. She grew up on it. And even I was watching it when I'm in bed, you know, I'm on my phone or whatever, and she's watching it. And I even looked up and went, ooh, can't do that today. And this was directed at teenagers. First, they come with your behavior. First, they, Second, they come at your language. Third, they come at your art. Now, the first two, I can accept to an degree. Can't, cannot fuck with the last. Remember, art is people's legacy. People poured their money, their time, their pathos, their fucking soul into the shit. And you're going to say it's not for the general public? Go jog on. Now, even like these cartoon pornos that they're giving to kids right now in school. Do I think it should be banned? No. No. Do I think it should be banned in schools? Yes. Think about this. When I was a kid, this is a fucking true story. I can't even believe I'm thinking about this. Me and Jonathan Fallen, we used to draw our own comics. Like hand-drawn comics. We'd staple them together. It was, it was really, really juvenile, but we were eight years old. I had nudity in one of my comics, and it was just a girl walking naked 
with a cup of coffee. It wasn't graphic whatsoever. You just saw boobs. I don't even think I drew nipples on the boobs. And I got taken. I was showing it to a kid. I'm like, dude, check it out. I draw my own comics. Because we all trade comics and stuff. And I was the comic kid at school. Like, People would go, hey, is this comic working thing? Oh, go talk to Zach. He's got like the newest Wizard. Wizard used to be like a comic uh, pricing guide. And it was a, like a really fun magazine. It was like, I think at the time it was like $5.99, which was pretty expensive. And I, when I would trade comics, I'd always make sure I wasn't getting ripped off, you know. Um, and uh, the kid saw my comic and the first thing he did, he ran up to a teacher and he fucking ratted me out, that little piece of shit. Forgot his name, but if I ever remember it, man. God, I can't, I can't even remember. And I got taken back to the principal's office. And I swear to God, I had to bring back this thing for my parents to sign. In the principal, I'm, this sounds bullshit. This is her actual words. Do you think that people that see this are going to call you pervert or faggot? She said that to me. Now today, that bitch would be fired, canceled, never work again. Even with teachers unions, they wouldn't touch her for a 10-foot pole, uh, pole. I'm not even telling that story of an excuse to say a word. I am telling you that is exactly what happened to me. I was eight years old, so this would have been 92. Um, that shit wouldn't fly today. Now, am I mad at her? No. Why? She's being a piece of shit. She was just a bitch. She hated her job. She clearly hated children. And if I was her today, I would have been like, yo, don't take this to school. But your artwork's actually pretty good. I was pretty good at eight years old. I mean... And not as good as Jonathan, though, dude. He was fucking really... Actually, you know what? I don't know. I was better with pencil. That is a true story. And I've only told a few people about that just because it involves that F word with the double G. Uh, but that is a really true story that happened to me. Now, remember, I was called this word a lot when I was a kid. I was the goth kid later on in high school. I had people with white shirts slamming my head against, this is probably why I'm not smarter than I should be, slamming my head against concrete walls and throwing pizza at me and calling me like Jew boy and such. Would you get in trouble for that today? Fuck yeah. Well, maybe not. People really don't care about anti-Semitism, it seems like, but unfortunately. And the funny thing is I'm not even, I'm only 10% Jewish. Am I mad at them? No, they would have bullied me over something anyway. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not mad at what happened. I understand. People are dicks. A lot of people are dicks. I'm pretty sure today, those pe at least half of those people, well, pff, half of those people are probably dead and are in jail. But the other half, I'm pretty sure they're, if I would meet them in a grocery store, they probably wouldn't say sorry that, probably turn the other way and make sure I didn't recognize their face because they felt ashamed. And you know what? I feel ashamed about a lot of shit I did. 
was I that violent and brutal to anybody? Nah, not really. I mean, if I was, it was very, very light. It was, I've never been that cruel to people. Mm, Except for some of my best friends that crossed me the wrong way. But then we always make up at the end. Hence why the show is called The Knife Party. I pulled a few knives on people when I felt uh, threatened. But they're coming for you. They're coming for your art. And it's not a conspiracy. It's blatant, and it hasn't been even a recent thing. It's been for a while. And if your politics, if your cultural identity, if whatever you believe in, whatever, I don't mean, I don't mean politics like you're red or blue. I mean, your cultural politics, your ideological sense of self is on the right side of the law. It might be on the wrong side of the law tomorrow. You don't know. Or probably not tomorrow, but at least in the next, like whatever uh, cycle we're in, in 2024, for instance. I don't think anything should be censored. I think it should be limited. I don't think kids should be walking around pornography, and I don't think kids should be allowed to smoke cigarettes. I think if you're 18, you're an adult, do whatever the fuck you want, and don't show it to anyone underneath. If you're a bad person, you know, Water finds its own level. You're, you're not going to succeed in this game called life. But the last thing you should be doing is taking away people's enjoyment and their tools. Now, if you grew up 10 years from now in Evil Dead 2, sorry, Evil Dead, it, they take away the tree scene, right? Are you going to miss it? No, you've never seen it. But someone my, like my age is like, dude, this movie used to be a lot different. There's a reason why... This movie's so fucked up, you know? Um, And it's just a matter of time that's going to happen. Maybe we'll get a blowback. Maybe we'll get a pushback. I don't think that um, the right side of art, and I don't mean right like red or political, I mean like the correct side of people that defend art are going to speak up in fear of losing everything, which is going to happen, especially now. When the internet came out, I thought the idea of free ideas was actually going to free us up. Like, fuck it. Hey, man, we're all people. And instead, it's the opposite. It's it's a, a cultural civil war. And art is at the main... That's going to be the sacrifice. That is going to be the sacrifice to the dragon. So... Anyway, I think I went long enough. I would like to finalize this with a uh, a great a great speech about censorship. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I did rant and rave a little bit. Uh, like I said, you either agree with me or you don't. Maybe you're on the fence. But if I hear your feelings during this, guess what? Next week, we're going to talk about movies. It's not going to have anything to do with this. And all the movies I watch are the uncensored versions. They're what I can buy. I am buying up. I'm going on eBay. If I see like a bundle of DVDs for like $10, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Even though if I don't want to watch like without a paddle or whatever, if it's if it's in that lot of movies, I'll, I'll buy it. Just because they're not going to be around. And we're not talking, you know, a decade. We're talking... The next couple of years, you're you're not going to be able, especially streaming. So if you don't have a Blu-ray player or a DVD player, buy one. If you already have one, buy a spare. 
And I'd say buy all the physical media you can. And if you're like me uh, and you collect music, uh, stop. I'm not saying stop using Spotify. I'm saying start buying records. Start buying CDs if you could find them. Uh, CDs are dirt cheap right now. I know it's almost impossible to find a player. But you should be doing that because tomorrow your favorite album might be gone. I love you. Don't cancel me again, bro. Be kind, rewind, and I think I need to return some videotapes. And I think if I press this button. Zappa. And with Tipper Gore, author of the book, Raising PG Kids in an X-Rated Society. This is ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by AT&T. The best-known group was the mothers of invention, but in addition to his musical career, Frank Zappa has recently been an outspoken critic of a movement to require content ratings for LPs. Mr. Zappa, who is also entering the home video market with his own distribution company, is in our Los Angeles Bureau this evening. And joining us in our Washington Bureau is Tipper Gore. Along with her husband, Senator Albert Gore of Tennessee, she sat down to look at some of the new horror video movies recently and did not like what she saw. Frank Zappa, let me start with you. You're a father. Do you mind if your kids watch that stuff? As a matter of fact, my two older ch uh, children, Moon and Dweezil, have both seen Faces of Death. They rented it at a, at a video store and brought it home. The net result was that after watching this video, they were so sickened by it, they both became vegetarians. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, amusing, but, but obviously there can be, or do you feel there can be, negative effects to watching something like that? Why do you say obviously? I don't think that that's been proven by anyone. Tipper Gore? Well, there have been a number of studies uh, researching the viewing of television violence and subsequent aggressive behavior, particularly among children. Uh, Professor Neil Malmuth at the University of California, Edward Donnerstein, have researched uh, sexual violence, sexual pornography, and they have concluded that it desensitizes attitudes towards rape victims, towards the act of rape itself, among college students who repeatedly see uh, scenes of rape. Um, the PTA conducted hearings in 1978 in which they detailed cases of more aggressive behavior among children that they felt uh, the children were imitating violence that they saw on television. The American Psychological Association had a report out uh, last September in which they say that viewing violence on television is directly linked to more aggressive behavior among children. So there really are a lot of studies that talk about the effects of viewing violence. All right, Frank Zappa, a long list of studies, but uh, Tipper used an but interesting no conclusion. word. She said desensitizes. When you see a young girl, as you saw a moment ago, uh, who was standing, I guess, in a video rental store saying, uh, I like the blood, what's your reaction to that? Well, I think that the issue here may be desensitization rather than the content. Because I think that there are a lot of things that people can see on television or in the movies that desensitize you. But the most desensitizing thing in the United States today is the Iran-Contra hearings because that is desensitizing us to honesty, to the Constitution itself. That is an issue. This is nothing. All right, Tipper, let me, let me come back to Tipper Gore. Let me come back to that, uh, to that question of, of the studies and, and what it can do. 
how, what are you really going to advocate as a solution? If, if you, are you simply going to talk about, a, a, as the woman did in the piece, talk about a different rating for these movies? Well, that's not um, necessarily a bad idea to discuss it, because if, if these uh, home video cassettes or the rental cassettes uh, do not go through the MPAA system, they're not rated, and yet they're in the stores available to kids of any age. So I would like to see an industry initiative where the industry takes responsibility for providing consumer information to parents, to others who are concerned about sadistic, uh, sexual, savage scenes in some of these movies, and the availability, the easy accessibility to young children. And I think the answer to that is consumer information. But doesn't a rating just make them more enticing? Well, they're already enticing. I mean, your, your show is about the, the uh, immense appetite that's already been created among teenagers and even younger kids for these kind of movies. I think the question is parental awareness. I think, I think the key is most parents are not aware that the contents are as graphic as they are. It's their foremost responsibility, but they need guidance from the industry. Therefore, I think voluntary ratings are very appropriate and a useful consumer tool. Frank Zappa, you're about to go into the movie distribution business I gather would you would if somebody brought it to you would you distribute something called splatter university no why not good for you why not <laughs> well it's not the style of stuff that is going to be on my label I've started a label called honker home video which is providing state-of-the-art weirdness but not that type of material well if you wouldn't distribute it then you do have some objection to it it's just not, it's not my idea of entertainment. And the thing that is on my label, the, the material that is on my label, is going to be things that would entertain me. Ah. All right, well, there's no question that these movies have become more popular. There are more of them. Uh, a recent phenomenon. We'll talk about why they've become such a phenomenon. When we come back, we'll be joined by one of America's best-known film critics, Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. ...television program Siskel and Ebert at the Movies. Gene Siskel, you're nice to join us this evening. We've gotten through a lot of years without these kinds of movies, and, and maybe I sort of suffer from terminal age at this point, but I mean, when I think back at Friday Fright Night at the movies, there was a vampire with a big black cape and whatever. But mm -hmm. these things have obviously progressed a long way. Why do you think they have? Well, it has, it has progressed a long way. I think it takes a bigger shock to, uh, you know, once you've gotten used to uh, a level of shock, even if it's electrical shock, uh, it takes a bigger shock to, to get a jolt out of you mechanically in the body. And I think that's the way it works almost in films. Uh, to, to follow that on, through to its conclusion, though, it gets, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yes, you know, when you're showing I spit on your grave, uh, you know, I sort of have to keep up to date with this stuff. That's the bad old days. Uh, uh, now it's faces of death. Uh, I used to say when I was asked what was the worst film of all time that I'd seen, it was I Spit on Your Grave. Now it's Faces of Death, and they've come out now with Faces of Death 3, which is a, a high renter. I just called a couple of video stores in Chicago uh, half an hour ago before we went on the air, and Faces of Death 3 is renting quite well. So it's, it's, uh, it is getting rougher. And those films, by the way, are not faked, as the uh, magazine publisher uh, the young magazine publisher was talking about. Those are showing mutilations, uh, accident footage that uh, wouldn't go on broadcast uh, network, uh, showing uh, morgue shots, uh, killing, some of it tricked up, I might add, uh, you know, where there's a second camera there where you wouldn't think there would be a camera, showing a camera photographing a mutilation by alligator or bear or somebody falling from a, a building. So this stuff is getting rougher, there's no question about it. Tipper Gore, the, the market is there. If the market is there, if people want to see them, 
There's really no way that you can stop that, is there? Well, I don't advocate stopping that. What I'm concerned about are the number of rentals that are unrated and, and accessible to kids of any age, preteens and young adolescents, and I think parents need to make a judgment and fair, intercede. Fair, and, and fair comment. I didn't mean to say that you wanted to stop it. I'm just saying that, that when you talk about a rating or, a, or a, some sort of different warning for parents or whatever, Basically, right. if the market is there, people mm -hmm. are going to go and see them, whether you rate them, whether you put any kind of restriction on them, they're going to see them. That's right. So the real key is education. I mean, this whole discussion should be framed in the argument of the real violence that's in our society. Um, the fact is the youth homicide rate has gone up 232% since 1950. Last year in Detroit alone, one child a day, one, one kid under 21 a day was shot. I mean, we have a problem with violence in our country. We ought to debate it publicly. We ought to say, is it healthy to glorify violence the way that we do, to the degree, the graphic degree that we do? And is it healthy that women are always shown as the victim? Frank Zappa, let me raise that question, because a number of people do, one of the critics in the piece did, that it is a terrible problem for women, these movies, because they basically show an awful lot of aggression against women. One of the reasons they do show aggression against women is because there is a market for films that show aggression against women. Well, all right, Tipper, go ahead. I think okay, that I is a matter of the marketplace right there, mm -hmm. determining what it wants to see. Uh, obviously, there is a sentiment in the American public that demands to see women being treated in this way. Well, but you're, talk, Frank, you're, Frank. Ta you're talking about a mental health problem, not a problem of uh, uh, labeling a, an object. Well, it's a cheap industrial ingredient. I call it cultural strip mining. You're selling the bottom line of sex and violence to teens and preteens, and the companies ought to be responsible. And it's like junk food. They're crowding out other more positive kinds of films that they could produce. Gene, aren't, we, aren't, Gene, aren't we down to the ultimate question that you always get into in this instance? I mean, it becomes a free speech question, and, and Frank Zappa uh, has a point. There, if there is a market there for that kind of movie... So yeah, well, I think, I think the key concept here is getting the information out. I think that uh, the broadcast tonight, the ultimate good of it is simply to indicate to parents that it is not, you know, you showed Friday the 13th. That isn't in the league that is being, that we're talking about here, that people are so concerned about. That's almost benign compared to some of the brutal material. Frank Zappa said a very interesting phrase. He said, it's not my idea of entertainment. Well, I think that the most damage that's done uh, is not, let's say, a one-for-one one act. I don't expect people to start going out and having toolbox murders after they see toolbox murders. But there is a confusion that I think does come up in the mind, and that is this, that in the name of entertainment, you watch a toolbox murder. In other words, it's labeled as fun, as a good time. And even Frank Zappa admits it's not his cup of entertainment. And I think from a, a cultural leader like Frank Zappa to say it's not his kind of entertainment is great to go across the national airwaves. It's not my cup of entertainment either. But do you need to educate people on, uh, on movies called Blood-Sucking Freaks? I mean, you see that title. It seems to me it's fairly self-evident self you know, what it is. I, I talked to uh, two store owners tonight, and they told me an amazing story, which is that they uh, note ages, a note on cards, uh, not to rent. Parents can call in and say, don't rent to my kids. They have had cases where parents have come back and said, you're not renting to my kids, I want them to see this. And I asked the young man that I talked to, the second guy, and I said, do you think he really knows, uh, these parents know what's in the film? And he said, no, they think it's Friday the 13th, they think it's the old vampire stuff. They're really not aware how rough the material is. All right, let me come back to that question of the responsibility of the video store owners, and we'll do that when we continue our discussion in a moment. Good look at it. Now